0: What's poppin'? You're listening to Chattin' It Up, the only radio show that's sponsored by the Squirrel Uprising. I'm Greg Burns, and joining me today we have Miles Lefman, who's a double major in illustration and graphic design.
1: Hi, nice, uh, nice to meet you all. Um, yeah, I'm here. This is really exciting.
0: <clears throat> Great. Uh, so Miles here, as you heard from the major, is a bit of an artiste. Uh, and we thought it might be fun to talk about art. I know briefly in the past we talked a little bit about it, but now we're having a whole episode about it.
1: So, yay. Absolutely. We, I met Greg a few semesters ago uh, where I did a commission for him, and, uh, of course, uh, one of the topics today is about how my art has changed over time, and definitely when I did that first commission, it was kind of when like right before I had that turning point into what I am currently doing right now.
0: Yeah, cuz I'd say there was like like you did my commission and then I think you did probably like two works after that in that style and then you went to start experimenting with that new styling.
1: Right. And I picked it up on accident. It was it was really funny because I had that So for those who don't know, what I originally did was I had the sketch out on paper, I used like ink markers to do the line work and stuff. Then I would scan it in, and I would go to Photoshop and like color it in and shade it and stuff. Um, but now I primarily start my artwork as a sketch, and then I just take it directly to Adobe Illustrator, which allows me to make more shape-based art. And it came to me on accident because. I was entering a contest where it was just like stylize a character I decided to do Thanos from the Marvel comics and it just kind of came to me is that I make this like really really weird bulky like geometric version of Thanos and I entered into the contest and I didn't win um, anything from it but it was still really cool because it did awaken something to where people said they really liked that And they wanted to see more stuff in that style and that's what i've been doing since nice uh but yeah like so being like a commission artist like how is that so being a commission artist is kind of one of those things it's like you rather get a commission or you don't or like me what i do is i've been kind of waiting a little bit to get another commission but it's one of those things it's like every once in a while i will Um, I had a really few good ones over the summer. I did an album cover for a musical artist. I also did a logo for this uh, guy who was running an automotive company. And that was really fun because I was able to kind of explore the more graphic design side of my degree, which I don't do very often. But I did that, and I felt like I did it in such a professional way that the customer was really pleased with it.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Actually, okay, now I do remember. So the thing that I would like to discuss is how artists have a set price for their commissions and people like to say that, oh, that's too expensive or, you know, maybe you should charge more, this and that, and it's, it's really disrespectful. Um, the way I see it is the artist has a price for a reason. As artists we try to make a life out of doing art for people so we expect to get paid so like for me my average commission price right now is like $20 for a full illustration where I've colored it I've shaded it and everything and that's actually really really good for art Um, people will ask for $300 for a commission this and that which is also completely valid because that is what they need to actually purchase what they need. Examples could be living, food, um, even the Adobe programs or like the programs that they're using to actually run the art. Those things are not cheap. So uh, having a steady flow of money is kind of what they need. Yeah. And pricing is always hard, especially when you first like get into
0: uh, your like art and all, uh, because I mean like, you know, you're making up your own prices it's all based on you and your skill and you know how much time and effort you're going to be putting into this kind of stuff Uh, but yeah like a big thing too is like the big difference between paying for just like a picture like what you do or paying for animation like what I do it's just like you know
1: where was I going with that no idea Well, animation is really a complicated process and i have done animation before i'd eventually like to try it again um yeah it it really takes time it is yes i always feel really bad whenever someone's like hey can you do like an animation of a sprite for me and i'm
0: like yeah but like it's probably gonna be like 10 bucks a
1: frame because like each frame takes a while to do absolutely especially frame by frame Because there are different types of animation. You have frame by frame. You have, I don't know the name for it, but you know, it's like, uh, there's like one where you could have all of your assets and all the parts of whatever you're animating separate. They're already drawn up. And then you just connect them together into the file and move them. But even that process is really hard. Um, I learned how to do that kind of method of animation through Adobe After Effects, Um, which I actually really got to learn and I'm hoping to pick back up on it again because that's a program I feel comfortable with. Yeah, I've been using a lot of uh,
0: Adobe Premiere lately, which has been a lot of fun. I've been enjoying that. Hmm. Uh, But yeah, what's uh, what's some of the, what's one of your most proudest works and what's a little bit of the process that went into that?
1: Or at least one that had a really fun process. I think I've got one for you. Okay. So, a few semesters ago in one of my graphic design classes, I did a project where I had to essentially make a packaging for a bottle drink of some sorts. Um, a lot of people went towards alcohol, some people went towards soda. For me, I went towards alcohol, and the theme I chose was like a, an alcoholic Mountain Dew, and I really wanted to do space theme. That's something that I kind of knew from the beginning. And so that was a few semesters ago to where my art was definitely at a different point. And now I feel like since I am about to graduate, I want to come back to that project and kind of give it a complete refresh to where I feel really proud to show it off. And I've already worked on part of it. So the part that I've worked on is not the actual redesign of the first flavor itself, but I've, I went in and did an alternate flavor first. So the brand is called Lunar Brew and the alternate flavor that I've given this is called Planet Orange, which is essentially the equivalent of an orange flavored drink. And the my favorite thing about it is I have designed the logo on one side and then I've got an illustration that wraps all the way around it. And I took inspiration from like Retro Space Art and uh, one side actually has like a character illustration where the uh, main hero is fighting a robotic alien thing um, on this planet and um, something else i've been trying to really do lately is really get into background design instead of just character design so these projects are definitely going to be very background focused because a lot of what i do is character design and i feel like I'm actually really starting to get a good grasp of background design.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, like, for one, that was a really cool uh, thing they showed me. I, I did really like that, especially since it's, it's pretty much all just orange, which I really liked how you're able to use the different gradients to tell, like, what is what, pretty much. Uh, but, like, going on that, I'm kind of the opposite way. I've done a lot of my work in background design, and so I'm really good at that. And so... Uh, I'm purposely trying right now to do a lot of character design. Uh, But the big reason why I'm doing that is because, fun fact, I got invited to join the UCM's uh, game jam team. And so I don't know if you know what a game jam is or not. Pretty much it's an event. We're going to one in Texas, which is one of America's biggest game jams. uh, And it's going to pretty much consist of four of us from UCM are going and we're one team, and when we get there there's going to be a bunch of other teams from around the country that are going to be there and they're going to give us a one word that's all they give us, it's just one word it could be, I don't know, space I really hope it's space because I just really want to do a space game, (laughs) but anyway like, let's just say it's space right, and so we have 48 hours from that point to make a game based off that
1: word. That is a really cool thing. Um, I was abs- yeah I was trying to figure out what was going on while you were explaining it, and then it kind of pieced together. I was like, oh, wait, is Greg going to tell me that they have to make a game within a certain amount of time, and that's what it is. And, 48 hours, and, and uh, I am the team's artist, so... There you go. That's And you showed me some of your pixel work earlier, which... I almost feel like you're definitely going to use in that. I'm going to use all of it because it, my only style
0: that I have right now is, or at least graphically, my own style is pixel art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've done a lot. I, I didn't show you any of them, but I have done a lot of like color pencil in the past, especially color pencil on matte board was my favorite thing to do. I don't know why, uh, but it's, like, it's the same thing with colors. It's letting the background color bleed into the work. I don't know why, but that's always been my favorite part of doing like color pencil work, because it's like you can use different colors and then interweave them with the background to kind of create new colors, in a sense. And it's such a weird process, but so much fun, and it feels awesome when it works. Absolutely, yeah. I'm actually gonna look up some of those pictures while you go on. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited for the Game Jam, so I've been working a lot on character design, especially since, we we want we decided that we kind of want to aim for a certain type of game before the jam, just so we kind of have an idea of what, like what to start thinking about. And if our word is something that we cannot use with the the thing, like if the word's like lonely, you know, like that that's gonna go totally against our currently our, our current idea. But we kind of want to do like a fighting game, like a one v one, like you know, Street Fighter esque kind of game. And so that requires a lot of character
1: design, so I've been really hoofing it on there. Yeah, and I think that's something that actually could be really flexible. Uh my advice to you is to definitely whatever that word is, go with the fighting game idea. Because I think no matter what that word is, you can definitely work around it. Um with a set theme, you have the ability to turn that word into into that and it's like I almost feel like they could use any word it would work Yeah. Like, uh, trying to think of a word right um, words could come to me like uh, let's just say the word book have a fighting game Oh, what it about. could be is like the introduction is like a book opens and mm-hmm. then they're like kind
0: of like 2D figures rising out of the pages to do like a fighting on this like storybook Absolutely. That could be a fun idea. I don't think I could probably do that in 48 hours, but it's
1: a fun idea. Absolutely. But, you know, like I'm <laughs> saying, it's like you find that word, you uh, you know, you make it yours and I'm really confident you could do it.
0: Yeah. You got this. <laughs> yeah. I I'm excited. I've been <laughs> I've been looking at a lot of like Street Fighter 2 to kind of get an idea of like what their kind of designs for their different positions are to get an idea. Uh, the worst part is is that I, I'm limiting myself to uh, 32 by 16 pixels, which is pretty much like the standard sizes for games is like 16 by 16 right. uh, is like what you have your grid is set up to be. So it's like a, a one by two is my mm-hmm. character design or two by one, which two tall, one wide. There you go. That's like kind of what I'm looking for for character design uh, for just straight standing up characters. So like if they're like You know, bent over a bit, then bleeding a little bit into the sides. But, you know, you don't have to get technical with it. We're going to take a quick commercial break here. When we get back, we'll be discussing more with me and Miles about art. back to chatting it up on ucm radio the beat yeah there's some like color pencil work i've done
1: that's really cool oh yeah because you uh yeah that's definitely taking a light source and like doing it really good um yeah Yeah. lighting
0: is just my favorite thing for no good reason i don't know it's absolutely i feel like most artists have something they hyper fixate on that like You know, it's like one of those things like I'm sure it's like, you know, everyone complains about drawing hands, but I'm sure there's one person out there who's like, I can draw nothing except for hands. Mm -hmm. Hands are like Mm -hmm. my jam. Like I can just draw hands all day, every day. Like I feel like there's someone out there. So for me, it's lighting. Like I just naturally like lighting and working with lighting. is just so much fun for me.
1: Yeah, I know I figured out that you were kind of more of the person who liked lighting after you. uh, When we talked about how my style definitely changed, Um, exploring with that geometric style, I actually started to figure out how to get more naturalistic lighting and stuff, which it's still not perfected yet, and I don't think it will be perfected. But I am really going to push these next projects I do to have great lighting um, that feels really good, but also really matches with what I'm doing, Um, especially in the sense that the new thing I'm trying to is uh, textures and making my textures less of an aesthetic and more of these textures actually feel like they're on the characters, which could be as simple as I make longer strokes of line for the hair. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, like, there's a lot of work that goes into, like, character designs. Yeah.
1: Fox is really cool too. You wanna know
0: how big the fox is? How big is the fox? It is 3 by 2 feet. 3 by 2 feet. Yeah, that's
1: yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah.
0: That was my uh, that was like my my senior project during high school. It took oh, like okay. 2 months to get that thing done. But yeah, no just just color pencil on yeah. mat board. Oh, and I like Light. that one
1: too. I like uh, when animals are colored um, different than what they're supposed to be.
0: Yeah. In, in case the audience is wondering, uh, I just showed him uh, another color pencil on that board. But this is a blue fox with a red background that really helped pop it out. Because, uh, again, color theory and lighting. I mean, technically, according to color theory, there's no such thing as color. It's just all lighting. So it makes sense that, you know, the two of them work so good with me. But, you know.
1: Correct. Yeah. You can't see what we're doing. Um, it's like I showed Greg earlier, the, the little uh, package design which by the way I did actually make I haven't actually gotten to the point to where I'm actually printing that out yet. I um I did make a mini version of it and it's really cute right now. <laughs> the only issue is there's like a side where the sides have to combine together to match up and they don't quite align um because I I did technically make a mistake in the process but I do have a good way to work around it. Okay. But um yeah. Yeah, and that's always a fun thing with
0: projects is like having a mistake happen and then you're like what's a creative way to work around it. Absolutely. As long as it's not like a time crunch project like my previous recording and there's something wrong and I don't have the creative juices to fix it. Right. And it. so I <laughs> I very very manly reach my head outside the door and go, "Cody, I have a problem, fix it." Yep. my most manly voice
1: imaginable. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 the sarcasm there. So yeah, I mean it's like uh Yeah, I mean, sometimes mistakes come at the last minute, and then it's really, really hard to actually get back up. Um, I've been able to figure things out before. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've definitely had some projects where it was like due the next day, and um, there was a really last minute mistake I made, but I got it for work. It could be as simple as uh, my battery running down on my laptop, which is never good, because then I have to reset like maybe a few minutes of uh, art that I just did depending on how much gets lost. Yeah. Uh, what's something that has inspired your work? Here's my favorite part, right? So inspiration comes to me in many different ways, which is something I really have to, like, know what to say once I get to my senior exhibition, which is, it's ba- for those who don't know, it is basically the final step of any art career is we have to present our work in a gallery space, but we also have to speak with a professional from outside so I think this year it's like we have some professionals from KC that we have to talk about our stuff with and what I need to prepare to say is where do I draw my inspiration from so for me sometimes it can come from any normal things I'm doing like when I go out I watch a movie that can be my source of inspiration or if I go out I see like trees outside and I'm just like, you know what, those are some really cool trees. I wonder if I could use that. But my real source of inspiration is stuff from my past. So currently there are two artists that are really inspiring me. They did part of the animation process and art directions for shows I grew up with. Uh, The first one I want to talk about is Derek Dryman, who might sound very familiar. Um, He was creative director for Spongebob Squarepants for a while and right now I actually found his it was well it was a few months ago I found his Instagram and he draws so many like cool things to where he takes something that exists yet he makes it really really wacky and he's got these crazy proportions on these characters that blow my mind Um, and I've really tried to think about that in my work um, for those who We'll probably check it out after listening to this. You'll probably see what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, Derek makes these really wonky characters that still just aesthetically work. Like he, that,
0: that actually that, that reminds me of something that you've done before.
1: Yeah, I uh, well, there was actually a piece where it was he did uh, Wonder Woman rescuing uh, um, Steve, and I redid that... But I used Captain Carter um, from the Marvel What If series, Rescuing Steve Rogers. And um, I definitely shared it with him. He saw it. He liked it. Still hasn't given me a follow back, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you get. But it was, it was really something cool to do where I took inspiration from him and did that. But then, of course, I don't just carbon copy him. I like to really give my own spin, um, which I will get into with the other artists I want to talk about who yeah. directed like real
0: r- real quick with Absolutely. that whole like doing like the carbon copy like a big thing in the world of pixel art is like when people first start out they're like oh i want to do pixel art so they look at what other people have done and then instead of like looking at that to gain inspiration and working with it they just do an exact copy of it but you're not really learning if you take an exact copy. I mean, you you do, but it's a lot slower than trying to do it yourself. So whenever I work on a project personally with pixel art, I try my best to avoid looking at what other people have done. Just because I know that if I've seen what someone else done, it will get into my head and then I'll keep constantly being like I should relook at that picture for this or like I should relook at this picture for that. And it's just going to keep being in my head of something that I should look at. And then I'll keep looking at it, and eventually I'll just oh, it's the same thing.
1: That is exactly what I go through as well. Um, it's like I will see someone's work, and then it is so cool, but it's just like why didn't I think of that myself? So now it's just like I can't do that because I didn't think of it. Um, yeah. So, which is why I really, really like to push my own direction. Of course, with that project, I it was different enough. Um, you know, Derek wasn't mad and, you know, he, he liked it and, you know, he commented that it was cool and then, you know, that was, that was that. Um, but like, so this is going to get a little bit controversial for those <gasps> who no. know. Oh yeah. For those who know, um, there was a Cartoon Network show where they remade Teen Titans called Teen Titans Go! And a lot of people were mad about the show's art direction because of how cartoony and dorky the characters were.
0: I mean, I personally kind of like the uh, the art style of it. I exactly. mean, some of the plots I didn't really care for, especially since, like, some of them would be like, oh, reading is good, we should read. And then, like, at the very end, they're like, actually, reading was bad. That's the whole reason why this episode, like, failed, because yes. reading's bad. <laughs> and then and it's like, well, then what <laughs> am I supposed to do as a kid? Like, is reading good or bad? I don't know. And it's just, like, I don't really care for some of the plots. But no, the, the animation of it, I I, I I enjoyed it.
1: Absolutely, which I That think, was a very
0: long eye.
1: <laughs> which I think a lot of people really liked the original Teen Titans series, and that's why they don't like this new one. Yeah. But I did, in fact, find the creative director for the show. His name is Dan Hip, and I follow it's him on Instagram. He's a pretty hip guy, I've he, heard. He is, in fact, um, because his work is absolutely... Um, breathtaking in my opinion. He likes to draw the same topic of superheroes and stuff, but he really really does it in a way that I've started to take notice of. Um, Some of the things he does is he will take a character and I will pull up an example. He took He took Admiral Thrawn from Star Wars and Like put him in a winter vest, but then it's still got the like uh, weird pattern thing that the Star Wars admirals have on their like on their like badges, and basically Thrawn is sitting there like moving around these iconic Star Wars characters that he has control over, um, like they're kind of pawns, Um, and it's actually kind of I think it's based off the theory that Thrawn is still alive during the times of the Mandalorian series, so that's why he's drawing all the. Characters that are alive in that current time, and then um, Darth Vader and Palpatine are knocked over because they're kind of out of the picture. Um, but that's an example of something to where it's like he took an existing concept, he did something very <laughs> he, he did something very different with it. You know, I, I
0: really like that. I also just really like the character Admiral Thrawn because okay. he, he's he's one of the very few people within the Empire who is not human mostly because yeah. the Empire is extremely racist and hates anyone who's not human. Uh, but oh, yeah. he, like, like if you, like, read any of the books, like, do any, like, the comic books or anything like that, like, his history is so interesting of him going from his, like, savage tribal world to learning, you know, English or common or whatever uh, so he can then, like, like, he's like, hey, the Empire, you guys kind of suck but I'll make you better kind of thing. And they're like, ah, I don't know about that. And his race is just well known for being like the greatest strategic masterminds of the entire galaxy. So just over time, he was able to prove himself. And sure, most of the Empire still hates him, but they understand that he is probably the smartest individual strategic wise.
1: Yeah, which, yeah, and... I do like that he took that character and did that. Um, the Post said that it was a commission for somebody, and uh, I don't know if the person came up with the concept or he did, but either way, he does have other examples of work where he took, so he actually did a, you go of course, because he directed the art style for Teen Titans, he did some Teen Titans art. He actually has quite a bit of it, but um, the one I'm going to show Greg has... That's me, Greg. Yes, that is him it has all the characters and they have these like winter sweaters on but like engraved in the stitching are various references to pop culture outside that universe like for an example uh, Beast Boy has Beast from the X-Men like right on the chest of his sweater and uh, another example is that like Raven has uh, little slippers on that are that have like uh, scar the Scarlet Witch's head on them so it's like Something like that is like really, really fascinating to me. And I will bring up another one of my art pieces where I uh, got inspired from that. Um, I basically drew four Asgardian characters um, being Thor, Loki, Valkyrie, and Jane Foster. And what I did was I made their outfits kind of reference stuff outside of uh, the Marvel Universe. So an example is... Chris Hemsworth has, or well, Thor has this as this vest that references Chris Hemsworth stuff. Um, so, like an example is I've got a Ghostbusters pin. I have, I have, I actually have the, um, I have the cover for the Led Zeppelin album um, where they did "Immigrant Song," which is a song from. For Ragnarok, um, so that's another detail I added in there. And then uh, the other thing I'll bring up is Loki's um, printed shirt. It's got a pattern flood of alligator Loki and uh, Miss Minutes from the Loki series. And I thought that was another cool touch I did. Um, yes, nice. But <clears throat> yeah, I, I really like that. That was really cool, especially
0: like hiding those little tiny references in there. Uh, uh, but anyway, sadly. That's all the time we're going to have for today. Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to take a moment to thank
1: you, Miles, for coming on and discussing a little bit of art with me. Absolutely. We did get carried away, but I feel like we made some important points. Yeah. And uh, th- really, thank you for this opportunity. It's... Of course.
0: And I'd like to thank you all for listening as well. Tune in next time to hear from yet another great person here from UCM. You've been listening to Chatting It Up on UCM Radio, The Beats. I did not screw up at all. There is no evidence whatsoever.